episode of our American Football Show, powered by EP Sports. EP Sports is one of the top suppliers in the UK for all your NFL merchandise. Check them out today at epsports.co.uk. Um, just a reminder that wherever you're listening from, please give us a like and a follow or a subscribe. Uh, it really helps us um, reach more people and give our better content. Um, but on to the football. Hamburg have locked in as the second uh, playoff team in the ELF now after a very close game to Berlin. Uh, Frankfurt continued their streak of dominance and the Dragons edge closer to the playoffs. Uh, all of that and more, but first, some news. So uh, I didn't know this was a thing, but there was a transfer deadline and that has now been finished on Sunday. So no more trades or pickups or anything. Um, a couple of moves before that. Uh, Hamburg, um, the American defensive back, Marlon Franklin Jr. is out for medical reasons. Um, and Okan Guzel and Henning Knuff, uh, uh, linemen, are uh, both out for the remainder of the season for medical reasons. Uh, the Surge have signed American linebacker Ronley Lakalaka. I was looking forward to saying that name. Uh, after announcing that uh, Dale Warren, the linebacker, is no longer part of their team. Uh, Lakalaka was born in Hawaii uh, and played college football at San Diego State. So pretty good for the Surge. Um, and uh, the Devils did sign three players, but I think we spoke about that last week anyway. It was two cornerbacks and a offensive lineman. But yeah, some additional moves. Hopefully that still brings that level of talent up in the in the EFL. Yeah, I think it's an important one as well after losing Dale Warren. He's a big, big player for the search. So for them to be able to swiftly get someone else in and someone who is obviously of a decent level is, is a big thing for them. Well, it's interesting because they just signed Zach- Zachary Blair, who's another American linebacker. So they mm. very quickly brought... They, I mean, they, they were a really good linebacking team, so they had to swap it all around. Um, but yeah, any other news you guys hear around the league? No. Uh, Panthers, Panthers, that new receiver that they signed, um, he showed some promise. He didn't really have a chance to get going in that game and it was a very tough defence to go up against for your, for your opener, yeah. but he had, a, he had a couple of decent returns. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what, what he can do in the next game. And uh, we have just recently interviewed Coach K from the Frankfurt Galaxy, so uh, make sure you keep your ears out for that one as it was a really good interview. Uh, but we'll go on to the games now. So first game of the weekend had the Hamburg Sea Devils going to the Berlin Thunder. Uh, sea Devils were looking to lock their place in the playoffs while Thunder was trying to avoid being faded from the playoffs. Uh, going into the game, Thunder were having... They had some players back from injury uh, and the Devils were without two of their biggest defensive players, Kasim Edabali and Jan-Philip Bombeck. And if you've watched any games, you know that their really big presence is on the defence. It was quite a loss. Uh, but Charles Dickens may have planned this game as it was definitely a tale of two halves. So Hamburg started with the ball, pretty quick touchdown to the tight end Botella Moreno uh, with a PAT. Uh, and then J.J. and Clark threw an interception on the second drive to um, Berlin Thunder Paul Seifert on the third and long. Um, I mean, you'll notice throughout the description, Thunder really kept pressure on J.J. and Clark all day, uh, and it was not one of his finest games. Uh, but Thunder's offense just literally couldn't get it going at all. Uh, two punts in the first quarter, 
Uh, interestingly, Shontavius Jones was taking some snaps from the Wildcat, uh, which is always fun to watch when a playmaker gets in a new position. Uh, not that any of it went really well. Uh, going into the second quarter, Jadrian Clark put a really nice drive together with Xavier Johnson. Uh, he hit a four-y for a deep ball and then second touchdown pass to Batella Moreno. Uh, then back-to-back turnovers, uh, Stitt fumbled, uh, which was recovered by Owuwa. Uh, and then J.J. and Clark for his second in of the day to elf baller Jamal White. Uh, Thunder then had another three and out. Uh, Stitt really close to hitting Zerby on a, a good pass. That would have been a touchdown. Uh, Hamburg's offense then sputtered out again, uh, four and out. Uh, but surprise, surprise, the Thunder failed to capitalize. Uh, There's another Stitt fumble uh, after an offensive penalty. Uh, Hamburg would again get up the field. Uh, there was a little QB sneak by Jadrian Clark. That's always fun to see. Um, and Patello Moreno got his third touchdown of the half. Uh, Stitt again stopped in the dying minutes of the quarter. Uh, Hamburg would go for a 40 yard field goal. And probably the biggest shock of the game, Anderson missed a goal. So not too sure he's the league MVP anymore. <laughs> Um, the half would end with elf baller Justin Rogers, though, getting a lovely little interception in the red zone. It was pretty athletic play. Uh, so Roger Dat, 21-0 going into the half. Uh, going into the second half, Thunder would have their longest offensive drive. Um, Jacques Crawford was out for this drive, though, which is a bit worrying as he's um, currently second best running back in the league, I think. Although him and Xavier are pretty neck and neck, I reckon. Uh, but still nothing but a punt. Uh, Hamburg started with a quarterback fumble uh, again, but uh, Clark did recover it. Uh, and then Xavier Johnson took Hamburg to the red zone where Clark threw to Madin Sorezzo for his fourth and final touchdown of the day. Uh, so it's 28-0 and Hamburg were pretty much sitting easy. You can imagine the stars were going to be coming on soon. Uh, but um, Jacques Crawford would come on to return the kick. He stayed on the ground afterwards, which was worrying. And he went off. Uh, then Muller would get his second penalty of the day for Hamburg. Um, two, two quite big penalties. They both extended the drive. Um, then Thunder had a play that really broke the, the Hamburg defence. Yeah, I saw it about played 15 times after I saw it, which was the old quarterback pitch option, run with Crawford to his right, see what the DN does and pitch the ball out if he commits. Um, this got Thunder to the six-yard line on a really big run by Crawford. Uh, and Stitt would follow up with a pass to Crawford for his first touchdown. It's 28-7. Uh, on the next drive, Clark would fumble again. Uh, he wasn't getting great snaps this game, admittedly, but he really needs to rein in those, um, those fumbles. Uh, and the Thunder would recover it on the 25-yard line of Hamburg. Uh, <coughs> sorry. Shontavius Jones then would take the pass, uh, sorry, catch a pass, and about three defenders on him, he run into the end zone, big play. Uh, which makes it 28-14 in under a minute. So it was really kind of put the, the Hamburg team on notice. Uh, Thunder defence would then get a sack and force a punt on uh, onto Dejean Clark. Uh, and then punts back to back going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Stitt would then find second string quarterback Zerby in the uh, fourth quarter for a really big gain down the middle. Uh, and then a really nice deep pass to Shantavius Jones. Uh, and then he took a quick pass into the end zone. So it's now 28-20. Uh, the PAT was no good. Uh, and then I tell you what, at this point in the game, it was like getting close. I, my, I was getting like half fast. 
Justin Rogers takes a kick to the end zone, literally messaged on my phone, like screaming, and he gets called back for penalty. And I was so upset. Um, yeah, holding penalty, which was wounding because it really would have put the Hamburg team in a better position. Um, but yeah, next offensive drive would look like this uh, for the Hamburg offense. A sack for 18 yards, a six-yard tackle for loss, then a fumble. Uh, so the Thunder would recover on the 15-yard line, down by eight with mere minutes to go. Uh, but the Sea Devils formed a wall and they did not let stick get past. Uh, it was a four and out. Uh, and then really both defences just put the clamps on each other and not much really happened uh, for the final two minutes. Hamburg did get a first down and run out the clock. Uh, but yeah, it was not, I think a lot of people went into this game expecting a blowout, but it was a very good fight by the Thunder and hell of a game. Uh, so as I said, Hamburg locked themselves in the playoffs uh, and they go on to place the Rockwall Panthers, which could be interesting as they are certainly slumped. Uh, and Berlin, as, as I said, have been faded from the playoffs and they go on to play the Dragons. Uh, my MVP for this, for both teams, is the defence because they both played excellently against each other. As I said, there's about four turnovers for each team. Uh, and my honourable mention goes to Adria Batello moreno who caught three tight, very tight end stat line, six catches, 59 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, but yeah, it was a cracking game. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a sad moment. My um, flair on the, the Reddit is now faded <laughs> out as a Berlin <laughs> fan, which uh, made me quite sad. But it's interesting, this one, because it's obviously a celebratory day when it comes to it for the Sea Devils, of course, clinching that playoff spot. But, you know, an eight-point win against the team that's only won once this year, it's, it's worrying times. Uh, yes, uh, you know, they're seven and one, of course, but I don't know, it just, I, you just get less and less confident about the Sea Devils as each week goes on. I don't know if that's just how I feel. I know they're going against the Panthers next week who, who are themselves are struggling, but it's, I find it tough to say who's going to win that game because I don't really have confidence in either. Yes. Yeah, you, you question the depth on that side, um, whether through injuries and so on. Now the season's been going on, and the wear and tear of the season sort of starting to hit full swing, whether they're just starting to struggle a little bit. Uh, it could just be a funk. There is still a lot of talent on that team, but they don't, they don't quite, other than a few key star players, I'd say, they don't look quite like the same squad we've seen a few weeks ago. Yeah, and I mean, whilst there are definite concerns, more more so on the offence, um, I mean, it was not, like I said, not Jadrian Clark's finest day, but he has had good games. Definitely. Um, and yeah, like I said, they recently signed three players on that day and they got a new offensive lineman, which is pro probably what they need. Uh, and um, yeah, speaking of Justin Rogers, he's really excited for those two defensive backs coming over. I think one played for Texas A&M. Um, it came from Japan. And another one was on the NFL. And, oh, he wasn't American. One of them's on the NFL International Pathway Programme. Um, so, yeah, they're because missing Bombeck and Ed Abali, they're damn good players. So it's hopefully going to kind of get them back. But it's going to be an interesting litmus test, as you said, Joe, between the Panthers and the Sea Devils, who are both kind of on, on the downside of their peak. Yeah, and... You know, whoever goes, it, for me, I just feel as if whoever goes to the championship game on this northern side is 
is just going to lose to Frankfurt. And we don't really, we, you know, we, when it comes to the first championship, we don't want to see a blowout. We want to see two teams competitively going for it. So I don't know, hopefully next week, both teams, rather than going on that downward sort of spiral, they actually get each other playing well and, and yeah, just get each other team going. Cause otherwise, yeah, that championship game could be a bit of a bloodbath. So they had a bye weeks. So we're not going to talk about them. So I'll bring them up now. Are in that division are the Kings the biggest threat to whoever they play in the playoffs if they make yes. it? They're clearly the strongest offense in that in that division. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I think if you're going for a one-off game, you you would probably say. Are you saying the biggest threat to if obviously this is of course if the Galaxy go and make the championship game? Is this is this yeah, who, like, if in their division, obviously the Clone and Barcelona could play Frankfurt yes. hard and pull off a win. Exactly. I think they could do that. But like you said, if you in the finals, if I see Frankfurt against Hamburg or Panthers right now, right now, yes, then Frankfurt's going to just their defense is going to smother them. Mm. Whereas the Kings can put points on you. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if I was Frankfurt, that would probably be the team I'd be most worried about. Yeah. See, I don't know if I'd agree with that, to be honest. Um, Leipzig, the obviously they've got a very good QB, they've got some very good skill players, but I'd say out of those three teams, they have probably the weaker O-line. Yeah. Um, I'd say yeah. they're the less complete overall package, um, the more just like really good in certain spots and struggling in others. Um, I think they're definitely going in as underdogs. They've definitely trending upwards and getting a lot better now that Birdsong's back and, and so on and so forth. But I don't know if I'd quite put them above the other two just yet. Fair. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. Hamburg certainly could pull themselves, like like I said, missing out yeah. about Beck. If they can bring their defence back to the sheer level of dominance they had, then the offence are going to have to stop carrying the torch as much as they are right now. Mm. And that's all it takes sometimes. You never know. As I say, next week they could completely flip that switch and they're back and they're going to be a threat to whoever they play in that. Well, if they get up to the championship game, they would be a threat to whoever they played against. Oh, I love talking about playoffs in the middle of summer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so next game, we've got the Frankfurt Galaxy at the Rockclaw Panthers. Yeah, so this was a huge game for both teams with the Galaxy coming off a, a very important win against the 6-1 and one Sea Devils. Um, they're in, in the position if they won this game to to go to playoffs and secure their ticket and the Panthers needed this to stay in front of who we've just been talking about the Kings who are fighting their way back and, and cr- scratching and clawing to stay in the playoff race um, first drive of the game there was an early defensive pass interference from the Panthers this this set up Sullivan with nice field position and he found this receiver regular for, for the touchdown. PAT was good and the Galaxy were up 7-0 just 62 seconds into the game. So it was a rough start for the Panthers. The Panthers' first offensive drive was not so fortunate with the O'Connor move. You know, he managed to move the chains on a series of short passes. But sadly, after converting on third down, the offensive drive was stopped by um, defensive back Fernando Lowry, who intercepted O'Connor and returned it back to the Panthers' 32-yard line. The Galaxy, they were able to capitalise on the next play. Justin Rodney ran it into the middle, ran it up the middle, sorry, into the end zone. 
Sullivan then managed to move the chains on a, on a run to set up his offense with a fresh set of downs at the Panthers' one-yard line. The Panthers did a good job. They were able to hold the Galaxy on three consecutive plays on the goal line, so fair play. But Sullivan eventually found his receiver so on a fourth and goal for a touchdown. The, the Galaxy attempted a fake PAT, which was intercepted by Panthers linebacker William Lloyd, who had an interesting game. Um, on the Panthers' second drive, well, the, the offense found some offensive rhythm as O'Connor founders wide receiver Jadit. Sorry, it's got a difficult name to pronounce. I think that's that's roughly about right. Jadit. Um apologize if that's I've probably just slaughtered that. Um, anyway, over the middle for a huge game. As O'Connor tried to find this was new receiver taping in the end zone. Galaxy linebacker Sebastian Gautier um went airborne for a, a quite um, quite spectacular inter- interception, intercepted that pass. Uh, after a missed call by the officials, he was marked down at the one-yard line, um, although he did roll into the end zone during the play, so it was a bit touch-and-go, that one, uh, which should have resulted in a touchback, in my opinion, and in a few other people's opinion, but the ref deemed it otherwise. Nevertheless, the Galaxy took over on offence on their own one-yard line and didn't seem to have much problem moving the ball up the field at that point. At the beginning of the second quarter, well, the Galaxy converted the fifth third down of the game but after marching down the field to the red zone the Galaxy was set back 15 yards due to a penalty and um, then lost yards on a sack which resulted in an unsuccessful field goal attempt that went wide left after a couple of drives with both teams were forced to point and a missed field goal attempt by the Panthers the Galaxy took on it came on and took on it took over on offense with just two minutes left in the first half Sullivan and his offense they marched down the field into the end zone just shortly before the second end of the second quarter where Sullivan found his receiver Hendrick Schwartz uh, opening the end zone for the touchdown. PAT was good and he had a 20-0 lead going into the second half. Now the second half, the Panthers, obviously quite far behind. You could tell, you could sense they were a bit more desperate so they were slinging it a little bit more. Um, they started the second half with linebacker Lloyd took a direct snap in a wildcat formation. Uh, he fumbled the ball, which resulted, uh, which was recovered by the Galaxy defense um, by one of their D linemen. The Galaxy, when they came back on the field, well, they had great field position for the first drive in the third quarter, but a few plays into the first drive, Sullivan threw an interception to the Panthers to, to linebacker Lloyd, who redeemed himself for the previous fumble on that wildcat play. Who is this William Lloyd? <laughs> yeah, he gets about me. Like, he really does. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it sounds like, again, he's had a cracking game. You know what I mean? A couple of interceptions already. Um, so, yeah, the Panthers' offense, however, couldn't capitalize on Lloyd's interception with O'Connor throwing another interception of his own, this time to um, Joshua Poznanski, which resulted in a, his first pick six of the game. PAT was blocked, uh, 26-0. Panthers on the next drives, they had to go for it on fourth down. Unfortunately, the Panthers were stopped short of the first down marker, which turned over the ball on downs. The Galaxy's next drive was stopped just shy of the red zone with the Panthers' defence, holding them to a field goal attempt, which the, the Galaxy missed again, unfortunately, for them. However, the Panthers' next drive did, did not have much luck with O'Connor getting sacked in back-to-back plays. The Panthers had to punt the ball again on another quick three and out. A few plays later in the fourth quarter, the Panthers were shut down again, forcing um, a, a short fourth down attempt, going for it on the fourth down. Galaxy linebacker Sylvia Gomez forced a fumble, which was recovered by um, our guy who we were talking about before, Gautier. The, the Galaxy took over an offense after the turnover. With 11 minutes left, Panthers were unable to hold the Galaxy to 
were able to hold them to another field goal attempt. And this time, third time's the charm. They were successful after missing the previous two. Under seven minutes left to play in the fourth quarter. The Panthers were desperate. The the drive didn't last long as Poznanski intercepted O'Connor again for the second time and returned it back to a pick uh, for a pick six again. PAT was good and the Galaxy were up 36-0 at this point. Um Dying seconds of the game, Panthers were lucky to get another pass. Uh, they were lucky to not have another pass intercepted, sorry, but it landed in the hands of um, Bernat, their receiver, for a nice game. After the two-minute warning, O'Connor and his offense did finally put points up on the board with a great pass over the middle to Mazan for the touchdown. The PAT was good, and the score ended up finishing 36-7 with the Galaxy running down the clock on the last possession of the game. So just to quickly sum that up for you, the Francis Galaxy, it was a pretty dominant performance by then. One of the better games and stronger games of the season that we've seen. Um, Galaxy defence showed why they're currently, in, you know, in my opinion and on paper, probably the best defence in the league. Forcing numerous turnovers and scoring, capitalising twice on the pressure that they put on the Panthers by getting a, an early lead. Um, I don't know if that's what got in the Panthers' head a little bit. They seemed a little bit overwhelmed from quite early on. They, they went behind and they were just seemed unable to score points with not scoring until the did the end of the fourth quarter. Um, Poznanski really stood out with his two interceptions, which he both retained for touchdowns. He had a cracking game. He was my player of the game. Um, seven and one Franks fit now. They're on a bye. And then they go to Barcelona. Panthers will now... Um, they're on the same record as the Kings, which makes it a little more interesting in that playoff race. And they've got to go and take on the Sea Devils, which is going to be no easy feat next week. I mean, it sounds like from what, what you've said there and from, I mean, from the game as well, the, the Panthers' defence certainly did their bit. Yeah, I mean, you look at the scoreline and you would say they didn't, but they definitely showed up. I think falling behind so early, I don't know if that's what rattled the Panthers, which is why they were less competitive as last time. Um, but the Galaxy, at the same time, to their credit, were, were very good. And, like, it... <laughs> It was quite a dominant performance by them. Um, I certainly didn't expect it. I expected this to be a much closer game. They seemed to really struggle on offense. The defense of the Panthers did flash at times and tried to stay, keep them in the game. Sorry. <clears throat> but um, yeah, it was a rough one for the Panthers. Because obviously, the Galaxy have played Hamburg and the Panthers two, two weeks on the trot. And obviously, they're good teams, but they're not offense first teams. But they go on to play Barcelona, who are arguably the top offense in the league. So it's really going to show how good that Galaxy defense is right now. Hundred percent. And that was going to actually go on something I was going to allude to now. I mean, these two played each other in week three, I think, and the Galaxy won, and they won twenty-two to thirteen. So it was just a nine-point difference. Since then, have the Galaxy got far better? Have the Panthers got far worse? Is it a bit of both? I mean, I mean, we're certain that the Galaxy have got far better since then. Their defense and everything. Have the Panthers got worse? That's the only thing that's on my mind. I mean, Coach K alluded to it. You heard an interview, Joe, but he said like we 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 wanted our plan to be we hit our stride towards the the latter end of the season, very Patriots esque. And like that. my God, it's working for him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the Galaxy themselves have had their own injury troubles, but they've showed that the guys are well coached, they've got depth, and even though guys are going out, it's next man up, and they're able to sort of keep 
keep playing at that level, that high level. Whereas other teams, I think, of as they're missing guys and stuff, and as the season's rolling on, they seem you can see cracks starting to form in some teams, maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, possibly because the Panthers are now. I think they're one and four in their last five. Uh, but this is the only like massive beatdown that they've had. If you can yeah. really call it a beatdown, and the other games have been like two points, three points, really, really close. So uh, yeah, they lost Hamburg by like two points. I think it was. Yeah, that was a good game. That one. Anyway, moving on to our third and final game, uh, which was the Barcelona Dragons at the Stuttgart Surge. Yeah, so uh, the Rising Dragons, uh, they went to Stuttgart to face the Falling Surge on Sunday in a game which finished 30-12 to 12 to the Catalonians. So this was probably the worst the Dragons have played for a month or so. Uh, they struggled to get anything going on the offence in the first quarter and they didn't score any points as the Surge took a 3 to nothing lead. At the start of the second quarter, uh, the Dragons and Edwards attempted uh, a two-yard quarterback sneak which on camera, to me, I think they were on about the 12-yard the line. Didn't appear to look successful, uh, but the refs gave it, so the Barcelona Dragons took it. And a few snaps later, Zach Edwards threw a really nice deep ball to Bertolin, uh, which didn't quite look a touchdown to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his, the, the, first, the first foot was in, the second one was not in, uh, and it was quite a way out, actually, but... Yeah, it looked out of bounds to me, but the refs gave a touchdown. It was a nice throw from Zach. So, you know, a bit of reward for him there. And with the surge, the surge offense is a little tough to watch at the moment. It seems to be either hand off to Yankson, uh, throw it to Mesa. And if that's not possible, Aaron Ellis will, will just rush, uh, which is something he had to do quite a bit of this game. And he was actually quite successful at it. He had a couple first downs that he picked up as he rushed for 40 yards in the whole game. He had a nice little run as well to set up a field goal at the end of the second quarter, which made it seven to six at half time. So it was a very low scoring half. Both offences sort of struggled a couple interceptions for each team. It wasn't the most amazing watch, but it definitely warmed up in the second half. Uh, the Dragons started, uh, struggled on their first drive of the third quarter. Uh, however, they were given a boost when Erelis threw his second interception of the game, setting Barcelona up to march down the pitch and get their second touchdown of the game as Edwards threw a 17-yarder to his favourite wide receiver, Gene Constant. Constant was involved not too long after as he made a 45-yard return to the surge three-yard line. At the very next snap, Constant lost his cornerback and made a lovely catch to put the Dragons 21-6 up. Their very next possession, uh, Edwards completed a deep pass to Constant, in which was a 75-yard touchdown. Now, Constant made a really nice catch on the 25, but the surge should have taken him down. There was about three or four players around him at the end. I mean, Constant, like, he did very, very well. He was twisting, turning, and sending players for hot dogs left, right, and centre. But the surge will know that they shouldn't have let him in, and unfortunately they did. And there was a fantastic defensive play as well by the Dragons. Uh, it was a short while after Serge tight end Daniel Mazer was running in for a touchdown and defensive back Jordi Brigani knocked the ball free and sent it for a touchback, which was really nice. You know, they, they were quite a way up at the point of the game. It just shows the dedication that this team has and the spirit that, you know, they just do not let anything go at all. And after a Barcelona field goal, the Serge took off their starting quarterback, Ellis, and played backup Michael Winterlick to show like the seriousness of the Stuttgart's offensive troubles. 
they had the ball in the Barcelona 13 yard line at one point and it took them seven snaps to get it into the end zone and they were rushing most of those so they've clearly got offensive line problems at the moment and various other things I know that our guy Jay Jackson uh, isn't playing at the moment uh, so they probably need him to come back uh, but it took them yeah seven snaps to say to get in uh, as Winterlick rushed in they missed the PAT meaning the game finished 30 to 12 the Dragons go to three and five and they face the Thunder next week which they'll be hoping to make that record four and five I'm looking forward to that game I think it'll be interesting whereas the surge dropped to two and six before their bye my MVP yet again in a Barcelona game is going to be Gene Constant 128 yards and three touchdowns for him I mean what can be said the Dragons are resurging we are making the playoffs baby it is, there is there is a strong chance. Also, sent them for hot dogs. Yeah. Is that a Southern saying? <laughs> Tell me you've heard that before. Have you heard it, Craig? No. You've never heard that? No. It sounds pretty dumb. I mean, I, I assume it was just a Southern thing. I don't, I don't know. When I'm watching football in the pub and someone does a little step over, he sent the defender for a hot dog. Is that not... Like... <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard that before. Oh, well... <laughs> No, I mean, I'll, I just, I just, I'll just say he sent, sent him on a mission or like, oh. I don't know, he duked him or something. <laughs> I wondered why you were giggling so much. I thought it was just a <laughs> normal saying, but clearly not. You boys need some culture, don't you? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. The say seem in trouble, don't they? I'm not, I don't know. Like, they just, things just don't seem to be going their way at the moment, do they? Right. Just did. He's hoping that their new linebacker is going to turn it around for him. I don't think that's where their problem is. I like a like of him. Oh, where no. do you think their problem is then? I just think it's the offense. There is just there's nothing going there. As I said, they've they've literally it looks like they just do three things. It's the handoff to the running back. Daniel Mez is class. I think he's a brilliant wide receiver. Sorry, tight end. Um but then, yeah, and like, because before when they had Jacob Wright, Jacob Wright was a lot more sort of athletic and could run a lot more than Aaron Ellis can. And I think they just lost such a massive aspect of what their plan was or what their identity was meant to be. And Aaron's kind of moved into this team that isn't quite set up for him. Yeah. And I just... I, yeah, it's it's just, like Cam Newton to the Patriots, if yeah, an example. Just doesn't... Sometimes it just doesn't work, does it? And I think that's the problem they faced and... You can you can see that they've at the beginning they were quite exciting to watch, but now they're just they're not. And that's no offense to Aaron, you know. It's just the setup. Do you think, that, do you that he's think in. it's not set up to to sort of for his skill set? No, he's not as athletic. He's put a, a circle in a square hole. Yeah, and I think I think that's all it is. And his wide receiving and his all the like his receiving options aren't aren't the most amazing compared to the rest of the league. And he also doesn't get massive time. He got sacked another four times this game. And I think he got sacked nine or eight, eight or nine times last week. That's rough. So, so it's, it's tough, yeah. You can't make plays when you're getting beat up and you're no. looking over your shoulder. Having said that, when we were speaking to Coach, he was saying that Stuttgart's got a decent university population of American football players. So there's a, there's a chance uh-huh. that next year could kind of be a, a bit of a hot spot. That that'd be good. You know, you'd like to see the team just, you know, just improve. We, we don't want to have any teams left behind. I also want to 
Give a shout out to Aaron Ellis. I think the cameraman's okay, uh, but there was a video that was circulating of when he he threw the ball off the pitch and there's a guy taking a camera, I think, taking a photo of the bench and the ball just completely clocks him and takes <laughs> him to the ground. It made me laugh. I, I think I think the guy's okay. I can't promise that he is, but it was a an inch perfect throw. All right. Um, so who are we declaring as our MVP? Of the week. Of the week, yeah. I mean, Poznowski and William Lewis are up there. Yes. Yeah, William Lewis came up a lot. I like a guy that can get two interceptions and fumble the William ball. Lloyd, you mean? William Lloyd. Lloyd, that's the one. Lloyd, yeah. Um, I'd, I don't know. I'd go with Poznanski. Two interceptions. I'm running <laughs> both. Yeah. Yeah, two big sixes, yeah. Oh, it's so, got to be. Like that's 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 a good day at the office. <laughs> Feel of approval. You are the yeah. top MVP as well as the cheer MVP. Congrats. So Joshua Poznanski, congratulations. Add him, add him to the list of worthy winners. And so um anything else you want to touch on before we get off, boys? And that's it. It's going to be a very interesting last couple of weeks, last few weeks that we've got coming up. I think we've yeah. just got the three left it's now, haven't really we? really good for the ELF that it's not kind of, oh, these teams are in the playoffs, they've won. It's actually okay. competitive and it's going to be fun. So we've had two teams cement their spots, okay? Who do you see oh. filling the other spots? It's basically Ooh. between the Panthers and the Kings mm. and then Cologne and the Dragons. I, I think it's going to be... Centurions and the Kings. The Centurions are one game ahead of Barcelona, aren't and they? I think that's what does it. I would love to see Barcelona there, but I think they might have left it just a bit late. Bringing up the schedule, the schedule is where it gets interesting because I know is Frankfurt have got to play Barcelona next, which is why I think it's also but a bit of a far fetch. Cologne have only, I say only, Cologne have got to play the Kings, then the Surge. Then the Galaxy. See, I think that's one and two. I think that's... The Dragons have to play the Thunder, the Galaxy, and that's it. Mm. The Kings have to play Cologne um, and Hamburg. And the Panthers have got to play Hamburg and then Berlin. I'm going for the Dragons. I I thought the Kings had to play the Panthers still. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. There's one more at the bottom. Kings v. Oh, okay. That yeah. game is going to be unreal. Yes, and I think it's going to come down to that. I think Panthers okay. and Barcelona. What about you, Craig? I think the Panthers still get in. Um, and I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's a tough one. Maybe. It's do maybe I think- Cologne. Yeah, only because of that schedule. I think they've still got to play the surge. And I think Barcelona would then have to win both of theirs to then make I it think in. Barcelona, the team right now that can beat the Galaxy. I think the issue with yeah. Cologne is now that um, Pounds is injured, that offense becomes a bit more predictable, I think. Whereas I'm not sure. Um, Definitely sidelined. Yeah, so I think that. Definitely throws a spanner in the works for them because Pounds was such a big threat on offense that it allowed it kept defenses on us and allowed Madre to do his thing. I think with Pounds going down yeah. now, they can stack the box a bit more against Madre. Um, so 
they might find it tougher on the closing stretch of things. Um, I mean, I wouldn't complain seeing the Dragons go in. It would be a nice, nice story for them, come starting off so rough and getting to the end. And I love watching um, Zach and and Jean. You know, they're obviously like great pair to watch. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Let us know what you think in the comments below or by tweeting us, posting in our groups, whatever it is. You can find us on social medias at certain locations, which are Joe. Our Twitter and Instagram is at TAFS underscore UK. And our Facebook is that American Football Show. And whilst I'm not social media E, do we have these groups on Facebook people can join as well? Um, yeah, so I mean, the shout out to the fan zone groups that are out there. Um, I managed to, well, I stumbled across them this week, and um, we do have our own group itself. Um, European League of Football fans, literally, if you just Google it up, um, get it up on Facebook, sorry, search for it on there, it'll pop up. Um, all our videos and various news will, will appear in there for you. Good stuff, and of course, we're going to be putting this all on YouTube and our website, which is that American Football Show. Um, Again, please do leave us feedback on what you want to hear, what you want us to talk about. Uh, We're going to be getting more into our NFL content as the season ramps up. We've got our predictions ready to go. Uh, We've got still going to be interviewing Elf players and personnel. Uh, Like we said, we've got Coach K from Galaxy coming, uh, interview coming. And we've got Keanu Ebanks coming on soon. Uh, But yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you head over and check out our friends at EP Sports for all your NFL and equipment needs. And we will see you next week.